Welcome to Notes from the Electronic Cottage. I'm Jim Campbell. Well, holidays have come and gone and left a whole lot of headlines of interest to take a look at as we move fully into the new year. Let's start with something that we may possibly be looking at on a ballot in Maine soon. The right to repair our own equipment ourselves. This headline from the Register, quote, John Deere signs right to repair agreement with U.S. ag lobbyists, end quote. What? It shouldn't be surprising that farm machinery, like our cars and a lot of other things in our digital age, act in many ways like computers on wheels. Though in John Deere's case, computers with plows or backhoes or whatever. The problem has been that if you have a John Deere machine and it needs repair, you can't take it to the guy down the road who repairs things in his barn. Nope, you have to go to a John Deere owned or approved repair center because those are the only places with access to the software reading capability and technical data that enables a repair of today's huge tractors and combines. Since Deere controls over 50% of the U.S. market for those kinds of machines, farmers and ranchers have less choice when they buy equipment initially and, until now, no choice when that equipment needs repair. And did we mention that Deer makes an estimated average gross margin on farming software of 85% versus 25% for equipment sales themselves. Well, farmers and their representatives have long complained about this situation and last year filed a suit with the Federal Trade Commission. That seems to have gotten Deer's attention. A year later, there's now a memorandum of understanding between John Deere and the American Farm Bureau Federation. John Deere will provide access to software, manuals, and other technical materials so owners can fix their own equipment without necessarily going to a John Deere repair shop. The agreement stresses that it's a, quote, voluntary private sector commitment to outcomes rather than legislative or regulatory measures, end quote. In other words, Everything's fine, no laws are necessary, no FTC suits are necessary. The private sector can work out this without government pressure. Right. John Deere, of course, is not the only equipment maker that's kept critical digital information as their private preserve. Many car manufacturers do as well. Car manufacturers generally make manuals available to consumers and independent repair shops, and even some of the software. But the telematics data that manufacturers collect as we drive our newer model cars day to day, no way. On a previous edition of the Electronic Cottage, we mentioned that Massachusetts was the first state to pass a right to repair law, one that required that manufacturers also provide access to that telemetric collected data necessary for accurate diagnosis and repair. Not surprisingly, about five minutes after the law went into effect, the law was challenged in court by Toyota. As far as we know, that case is not yet fully resolved. Now, New York State has passed the Digital Fair Repair Act, which also mandates that consumers and independent shops have a right to purchase manuals, diagrams, diagnostics, and parts so that they can fix the cars they paid tens of thousands of dollars for. Not surprisingly, there are already threats of lawsuits about this law as well. 
and car manufacturers are going through the fine print to see what they can legally withhold to put consumers over a barrel. But even if only in baby steps, the right to repair laws in some places are beginning to even the balance a bit between manufacturers and consumers. One of those places may be Maine in the not-too-distant future. A group called Maine Right to Repair, consisting of, not surprisingly, independent auto repair shop owners as well as consumers, is gathering signatures to put a Right to Repair law on the Maine November 2023 ballot. If the group gathers enough signatures, the law would require manufacturers not only to make manuals and schematics available, which already mostly happens in Maine, but to also make the telematics data that manufacturers collect about your newer car, which is essential for being able to accurately diagnose and repair it in some situations. What? You didn't know that your driving data was being collected by the telematics system in your car, the one that enables GPS calling for help, and other swell-connected media things? Well, it is. A topic we've covered before and we'll probably cover again here. But for today, the point is that there may be a ballot initiative in the fall to make that data available to you or your repair shop so you don't have to take your car to a dealer to get it repaired properly. Keep an eye out for the progress of that proposed ballot initiative. Meanwhile, another big company, Meta, Facebook by its new name, has also had a change of heart after it was sued by the Department of Justice for targeting housing ads in a way that somehow didn't seem to reach some people on Facebook, based supposedly on their sex or marital status or ethnic background. Meta paid a fine of $115,000 and said that they would make sure that housing ads reached a wider audience. We'll see. Does this sound familiar? It should. Facebook was previously dinged for focusing certain types of employment ads to men only. Facebook, of course, makes its money by being able to use thousands of criteria to help advertisers reach just the types of people they're looking for. That's great news from a discriminatory advertiser's perspective. It's not so great from the perspective of equal opportunity housing laws or equal opportunity employment laws. And finally, OpenAI, the outfit that brings us the text generator ChatGPT, announced that it's working on a system to make it possible to identify text that was generated by ChatGPT. As we mentioned on a recent program, teachers have been a bit put out that students are having ChatGPT do their homework to the point where the New York City school system blocked accessing ChatGPT through school system computers. By the way, a few professional academic conferences have banned papers written in whole or significant part by AI as well. We'll see how successful this new endeavor to identify ChatGPT text turns out to be. However things fall out though, AI-generated material, text, graphics, audio, video, are going to be an increasingly part of our lives, like it or not. We're going to have to figure out collectively how we want these new tools to fit into our society 
and into our daily lives. And we'll do our best to follow how that process is going right here on future editions of Notes from the Electronic Cottage. 